Just like a muscle, here we will grow stronger for his sake and for the sake of the gospel. So please, brothers and sisters, join me here at Jacked for Jesus. Welcome back, everybody, to Jacked for Jesus. Uh, my name is Andrew Kufal, and today I will be doing uh, day three of the series Warfare and Servitude. Um, so today I will be talking about uh, the aspect of servitude of holy living, pursuing holy living um, um, in spite of lust. And that's kind of the warfare I'm talking about as well, is the different types of lusts and temptation that um, Satan or, or our own flesh will uh, face us with. Uh, to try to steer us off for, uh, off course or to try to steer us away from the Lord. Um, I kind of want to discuss that today um, and see some verses that show us how to count, how to counter these, uh, these lusts. So um, thank you for joining me today. And to start things out, I'll just begin in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for... Uh, this time with everybody. Thank you for this time to build your kingdom and to uh, meditate and talk about your word. Um, help us, Lord, to give us deeper and fuller, uh, more fuller understanding of your scripture, of your holy word. And help us, Lord, to understand and to have the courage and boldness um, to be a servant of Christ, Lord, uh, how we should be servants. Um, and help us, Lord, to act truly as children of God, uh, to live our life as if we have been given the, the most amazing treasure, Lord, um, because we have. And pray that you would help us believe in our hearts, Lord, that we have salvation by your grace, uh, by your work on the cross through Jesus Christ. I pray that um, all the all unbelievers listening to this or just um, in their everyday life, Lord, that you would convict them, Lord, that you would help give them opportunities to see your gospel in its entirety, to see the gospel in its beauty, Lord. Help show them the beauty of the gospel. Please soften their hearts and minds so they will not um, turn away, Lord, but soften them, Lord, so they may be um, open to uh, the glorious truth that you give us, Lord, the glorious gift you give us. Um, because you love us, not because of our works, but because of what you have done and because of your character, Lord. I pray that this episode would be fruitful, Lord, and I pray that you would use it to glorify uh, your name, Lord. And I pray that everyone listening would not hear um, my opinion or my voice, Lord, but rather the truth you have given us, your truth, Lord. Uh, and Holy Spirit, I pray that you would go before me and ahead of me in this episode um, and to help guide me um, to speak the truth. I pray all of this in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. Okay, with that, I want to jump into Scripture. I'm going to start here in 1 Peter chapter 1. I think I'm going to go ahead and read all of it because I have a lot to talk about today. I'm going to go ahead and read all of it and then go back and talk about um, some specific things that I want to emphasize. So everyone uh, following along, I'm going to go ahead and start at verse 1 of 1 Peter chapter 1. Greetings. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, and the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. 
born again to a living hope. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has called us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes through it, through though that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that it was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things into which angels long to look. Called to be holy. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he has called, called you as holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you are ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who... Through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by the obedience to the truth for sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God, for all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Okay, this is a really good chapter. And well, this is a really good letter. <laughs> and it talks a lot more, a lot more about living holy. Um, but I kind of wanted to uh, look at this first chapter for a couple of reasons. Yeah, and I want to go ahead and emphasize some of them now. So what Peter does really well here, I think, is he kind of lays out this um, foundation of why we should be uh, pursuing holy living and how we can, um, or maybe not how, but why we can do so um, and what things we should avoid. And I just want to look at some of those things right now. So he kind of, um, he kind of started here by praising the Lord, which is wonderful. Um, he talks about how we rejoice for having new life. Um, 
But he also talks about faith, and I want to reread this and highlight it. This is verse 7. It says, So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes through, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I really like that verse because it, it highlights a couple of things. One, Peter talks about how since we are children of God, we will have trials. Um, but he talks about how these trials are designed to test our faith, um, to temper our faith, to make it uh, stronger. He talks about that, that that experience of building our faith and trusting more in the Lord um, is more precious than anything here on earth. That's kind of the, one of the themes through this chapter is that what we have been given by the grace of God through Jesus Christ is something so immensely amazing that we can't begin to fathom it. Um, and that it is so much more important than anything here on earth. And from this kind of idea, from this kind of mindset, um, it starts to make it easier to pursue holy living. If we see the things in the world and we see all of these beautiful things, uh, let's say it's um, money or nice possessions or a really pretty girl or pretty boy, if you're a girl listening or whatever it is. And we see all these things. We're like, I really want that. Like, I'll do anything for that. It can lead us into sin, temptation, all of these other things. Um, But if we see our relationship with God, our faith in God, our salvation in God as the most treasured part of our life, um, then suddenly all these early things start to matter a whole lot less. Um, And these things that matter to Jesus and to God will start to matter more to us, Um, like loving each other. Paul, uh, not Paul, this is Peter. Peter talks about that at the end of chapter one. He talks about loving one another with brotherly love out of from uh, earnestly from a pure heart uh, since we've been born again of imperishable seed of um, of of life that cannot perish eternal life um, and I think when we grasp that it completely changes like how we see everything I think it's really good to remind ourselves of this and now I'm talking to myself here too this is definitely convicting to me that we should remind ourselves of how immensely amazing the gospel is and these treasures given to us um, by God um, as a gift, by faith, not of our works, but by faith. Um, If we really focus on that, um, a lot of these other impure things or immoral things um, that used to call us, that used to ensnare us um, in its sin in the past, no longer has... um, shackles and chains on us um that we are free of that for paul says we're not given uh in christ jesus we do not receive a spirit of fear and slavery but rather we we receive a spirit of victory and freedom and paul's kind of uh recapitulating that idea here and what else he talks about the prophets and how they were um trying to understand more that they realized that they were serving um, us, uh, not themselves, but us. But they, and that there, a lot of their prophesying had to do about um, the spirit of Christ or the person of Christ, the time of Christ. Um, and that's certainly true. You can go book through Isaiah and Daniel. 
Um, it's a really cool study. I haven't done it before, but I want to. I haven't read through the prophets yet. Uh, but there's a lot of prophecies, even in the Psalms. Um, I just read Psalm 22. There's like a lot of those prophecies that maybe wasn't even necessarily meant to be prophecy that was fulfilled uh, in Christ's ministry on earth. Um, so that's cool too, but kind of off topic. Uh, but here's another verse I want to emphasize. This is verse 13. It says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ. And he could be talking a lot of, he could be talking about a lot of things when he refers to the revelation of Jesus Christ. Um, he could be talking about like the second coming of Christ or even um, when we get to personally meet Christ when we pass from this life into the next. Um, regardless of that interpretation of that specific, specific section. Verse 13 talks about preparing your minds for action. I think as we're focusing on servitude, this is very important. I kind of talked about this some last time um, when I talked about taking all thoughts captive. Um, And I think Peter's just kind of bringing that idea back, preparing our minds ourselves for action and to be sober-minded, not to um, be illogical or irrational or... um, drunken if any of us struggles with that um but to be sober-minded um and to set our hope fully on the grace of god um that will be brought to us and that has been brought to us in the gospel i think that's very important because it's saying be sober-minded prepare your minds or yourself for action and put your hope fully in god's grace uh, in, in Jesus Christ. I think those three things together are very fruitful. And when we look at Peter or Paul or a lot of these other apostles or um, uh, or just the epistles in general, these kind of themes circulate a lot, even through the, all of the Gospels. Um, well, I mean, most of the books of the New Testament circulate these themes, so they're very important. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit too. And it also talks about, in verse 14, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. And this is kind of the focus on today, is to pursue holy living um, and to not give in to the lusts of the flesh and the eye and of pride. Um, and this verse is very applicable to that. He says, do not conform to the passions I think that that's very, very related to lusts. Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. So he's saying, formerly, when we were not in Christ, we were ignorant. We, we weren't aware. Um, and now we have been. So we should be holy since he was holy. He says, you shall be holy for I am holy. He also talks about since we will be judged. Um, we should still think about that accountability aspect that we will have to give an, an account of our life so that we should live in fear or reverence. Um, and he says throughout the time of your exile, and I think he means in our time away from Christ, or not away from Christ, but uh, not in heaven. We're not in heaven yet. So in this in this life on earth, I think he's referring to that as your exile. So he says, conduct yourselves with fear or reverence. Um, goes back to the blood of Christ as our um, saving grace. Um, 
And, and then again, he ends the chapter talking about one, the brotherly love already mentioned, but also um, going back and talking about the flesh and how flat, how flesh is like grass. And even though it has some glory like a flower, the grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And I think that's another important thing to, is, is to remember that all of these earthly things, even our earthly bodies right now, will perish. Um, now we'll be given a new body in Christ and we'll, um, all of these amazing things, but our life now will perish. And only by the word of God, only in the word of God, um, can we not perish. And that's kind of referring back to that. I think that also should encourage us to be a lot more open about uh, the gospel of people because um, I know the Lord's been putting a little bit of burden lost souls on me right now. I, I walk around campus on college and I look around and I see all of these people, immense amount of people, like so many people. Um, and they're all headed for destruction, just as we were when we weren't children of God. And um, it just helps remind me of the need for urgently uh, sharing the gospel. And that's definitely convicting uh, me right now. I haven't been very good at that. So anyway, I think that wraps up First Peter 1. Um, if you have extra time and you want to keep reading this letter, it's really, really good. And I think it definitely focuses on this. But I talk about holy living a little bit more um, when I talk about the warfare section of this. Um, but another thing I want to read is Romans chapter 6, verse 1 through 16. Oh, not 16, 1 through 6. I'm just going to read it through here right now. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. This is really, really good. This is Now this is Paul, not Peter. But what Paul's talking about is, basically he's saying, Jesus Christ imputed our sin onto himself and faced the wrath of God so that we would not face judgment of our sin. Um, but on top of that, he took the wrath of our sin, um, he took the punishment of our sin, and he conquered death. He rose from the dead. So likewise, in a sense, we have to become like Jesus. Jesus became sin and then was uh, brought into new life and a new body. Um, and likewise, we share in the inheritance. So even though we have lived in sin in the past, um, in a sense, our sinful selves are not innocent. It's truth. Our sinful selves have been crucified on the cross with Jesus, just like Paul is saying here. So now as children of God, we should be walking in newness of life. We shouldn't be persisting in, in this sin. Even though we still face sin and temptation, um, we shouldn't be so enslaved by it anymore. That we should, we should learn to walk as children of God um, and to walk in sanctification. Um, and that's kind of what Paul's talking about. And I think it goes very hand in hand with First uh, Peter 1 that we read today. And to kind of wrap this up a little bit before I talk about warfare, I think when we talk about seeking holy living, I think it means um, being a servant, a, a 
persistent and steadfast ready servant of the Lord, despite temptation, trials, and the world around us. I think it means, in a sense, that we should seek sanctification. And so there's a couple ways of saying sanctification. We talk about sanctification as being like God basically pruning us, pruning the sinful parts of us, the bad parts of us, um, until only the good parts that is in him remains. Um, but in another sense, sanctification in the Old Testament a lot of times had to do with separating God's people from uh, the Gentiles, the pagans, the other people. Um, and that was part of the reason the Israelites had these kind of uh, traditions that was very different from the people around them. It's because uh, partially the Lord wanted them to clearly be separate from everyone else um, to glorify him. And that's kind of what I mean by sanctification. Well, I mean both types of sanctification. But in another sense, we should be sanctified from the world um, by living uh, holy lives in face of temptation, in the face of trials, and in face of the sin of the world, um, just like Jesus did, just like um, Paul and Peter did. They learned to walk holy lives even though they did face temptation, even Jesus faced temptation, even though they did have trials. And Peter reminded us that trials is to build and purify our faith, which is way more valuable than any gold. And despite the world, despite Jesus, even though Jesus was surrounded by his enemies, um, Pharisees, Gentiles, all of these other things, um, he still persisted and he came and did exactly what he was meant to, was he, he was uh, called to do. And similarly, we're called to do the same thing. We're called to serve our purpose that God has given us. Um collectively to, to, to serve the gospel, to serve the church, but also in unique ways. God has given us each unique ways to go about that. We should seek understanding um, about those things. Um, but in the same way, we should seek our purpose separate from the world, separate from our temptations and trials, um, and to urgently seek the good things that God tells us to do. And I think that's kind of what we look at when we see holy living, is sanctifying ourselves in, in the uh, in those ways, um, trying to be intentional about setting ourselves apart um, from the world by the love we have for each other, um, by the love we have for God, for not speaking vulgarly, um, um, and a lot of these other things Jesus talks to us about. So I also want to clarify, I say sanctify ourselves, but it's all by the grace of God. It's all by God's working in us. But I think we should still make the effort to do that. And I kind of talk about that duality of efforts and God working in us in the last episode too. Um, and I know I, str- I struggle with this person. I struggle with wasting time or to not being not being really deliberate and intentional about sharing the gospel with other people. Or even being poor, a poor servant to other people, not being very servant-like. And I think this is um, something a lot of us struggle with. And so I wanted to talk about it today. I think a couple things we should seek in this, what we, I think a couple things we should seek when we seek holy living is to seek meditation on the word of God and on the Lord. Paul talks about um, keeping our minds on the things that are perfect and admirable and good. Um, and all of those things goes back to God. And so I think we should uh, try to be more uh, thoughtful about what God's talked to us about and try to 
seek uh, reminding of that to remind to try to meditate on that more by uh, the Holy Spirit working in us. I also think we should seek awareness and the reminders that the Lord is always with us. I think we should seek to be present with the Lord, and that's something I struggle with a lot. Is that I don't do a good job of being in continual prayer and to being present with the Lord. Um, well, I think that's something very p- pivotal to holy living as well. Um, and again, it's kind of self-explanatory. We should seek to be holy as he is holy. And so I think we should also seek to understand how Jesus was holy um, in specific ways in context to his environment and apply that to ourselves um, and to give ourselves up for the sake of Jesus and for the sake of his good news um, so that we may save our life. Matthew uh, 7, 7. I think. <laughs> um, no, it's not Matthew 7, 7. That's um, Mark 8, 35. Yeah, Mark 8, 35. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Um, anyway, I think that's also important. Uh, with that in mind, I kind of want to continue that conversation of holy living. Um, but in the context of specific ways um, that we face lust Um, and lust is like temptation like really extreme temptation that's kind of how the bible portrays it sometimes they're kind of interchangeable but lust in the bible is bad it's very no bueno and so i want to read three verses that talks about ways to fight these lusts and then i want to talk about the lust in a little bit more of a general context. But I want to read these three verses, moving into the warfare section, about how we can counter this, um, how we can fight this lust, um, and stay, um, and to continue pursuing holy living in face of these things. Um, so to do that, I'm going to read the first um, verse, which is Romans 8, 4. It says, In order that the righteous requirements of the law might be might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. That's one. The second verse is Psalm 119, verse 37. It says, Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things, and give me life in your ways. Third verse is James 4, verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. So the reason I uh, wanted to talk about these verses is because each verse is showing us a way to counter a specific lust. And the lust I'm kind of focusing on today is the lust of the flesh, the lust of our eyes, and the lust of our pride. So going back to these verses, Romans 8, 4, um, kind of the last part of it says, um, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So that one says, even though we have temptation of the flesh, we walk according to the spirit, so we can neglect that. Um, we don't have to give into the flesh because we've been created new in Christ Jesus. Second one is Psalm one nineteen thirty seven, and the prayer or the psalm, uh, whatever you want to look at it, says, "Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things, that can be like lust of the eyes, and give me life in your ways." Um, the third one is James four ten says, "Humble yourself before the Lord, and He will exalt you," and that's a mindset, a position of saying, I'm not going to try to build my pride or build my life. I'm going to humble myself. And that way I will be exalted um, in the only good way, which is through the Lord. Um, 
and we see these, um, I'm going to call them, uh, these. we see these temptations in Luke chapter 4, um, as Satan is tempting Jesus uh, when he's in the desert 40 days and 40 nights. Um, he tempts Jesus by saying, look, you're fasting, you're hungry, uh, you have this holy power, you should make bread to eat. You can make yourself bread and eat. And of course, Jesus doesn't. But that's Satan tempting him in the flesh. He also shows him, like he brings him to like a cliff or something. He says, look at all these kingdoms. So he shows them these wonderful kingdoms, um, kingdoms we cannot even imagine. He says, if you worship me, you will have this. So he's appealing to his eyes. He's showing him beautiful things. He's saying, all you have to do is kneel to me and this will be yours. So he's tempting him by beauty and possessions and whatnot. A lot of times, uh, lust of the eyes can also be like sexual sin. Um, Satan didn't necessarily do that with Jesus, but that's all throughout the Bible. Like Samson was uh, tempted sexual sin. So was Solomon. That was one of Solomon's um, big things. Was he had like 700 concubines and 300 wives. So um, he struggled with lust of his eyes a lot. Um, anyway, moving back to how Satan tempted Jesus, he also told Jesus, look, if you truly are the son of God, and I talked about this some last time, that's a challenge of identity, which is another way Satan tempts. But in another sense, he's also like, if you truly are the son of God, and he knew he was, he says, jump, like jump off of this cliff so the angels can defend you and carry you up. And so in a sense, he was appealing to him saying, look, you know who you are, like show off a little bit, um, which kind of goes into pride. Uh, and Jesus didn't do that either. He said, you shall not test the Lord your God. Um, so in every way, Jesus did not waver when Satan tempted him in these ways. And I think, again, going back to seek holy living, I think we should seek to be holy as he is holy. So looking at this situation and the verses I, I read earlier, I think we should remind ourselves that we do not walk in the flesh, but in the spirit. I think we should um, really, really focus on that, keep that in our mind. Um, I also think we should remember that Jesus did not let... Um, beautiful tempting things in his eyes uh, sway him from the path God has given uh, get, given him. So for us, uh, whether it's um, lust, like sexual lust, or if it's um, materialism, like we want a bunch of pretty things, or we want the newest thing, we want all of these gold jewelry and whatnot, whatever it may be, or if it's mammon, if it's money, all of that. I don't think we should let us let those things sway us from pursuing God, pursuing holiness. And then pride. I think we should also focus on being humble. I don't think we should seek so much to build ourselves up. And that's something I struggle with a lot um, is even though lifting weights and eating good is good for you, it's healthy, it's taking care of the temple God's given you. I use it as a way to feel better about myself. I would say, oh, look, I'm making progress. Like I have biceps now or abs or uh good legs or whatever. And I, and I took pride in that. I took pride in the body that I thought I made when truly God made it. It was not me building it. It was God. And I'm learning to take less pride in my body, not to use it as a source of pride or as a source of self-righteousness, but to be thankful for having a healthy, strong body so I can do the things God wants me to do. So um, again, Satan and or even our flesh, our flesh will do it a lot, is to tempt us with like fleshly desires through our eyes. That can also be translated into the eyes of our heart too, what our heart wants. 
and our pride, wanting to build ourselves up instead of wanting to build God up or his kingdom up. Um, and all of that goes back to all the way far back is Genesis all the way to the last chapter of the Bible. Uh, so with these things in mind, I think I have a pretty good general um, outline of holy living and how Satan will try to throw us off that by three specific lusts. Um, with that in mind, I want to talk about some action items for us to take um, to help us uh, fight our flesh and to fight these temptations. One of those things is I think we should meditate on how these three temptations, so the lust of the flesh, the eyes, and pride, have steered us off our path uh, with the Lord in the past. Um, or b- if before we were like children of God too, like how did these lusts really negatively impact us? For myself, it's very clear. I pursued um, sexual sin instead of being focused on um, Jesus or serving him. I was so focused on um, meeting these desires and, and temptations that I wanted, finding ways to satisfy them um, in my own way instead of seeking after the Lord. So that's very clear. Or again, kind of tying uh, pride and eyes together. I wanted to look a certain way. I wanted to show myself to the world a certain way. I wanted to be prideful of what I've built in my body. Instead of seeking to serve others, I was trying to build myself up instead of trying to build others up. Instead of trying to serve others, I was very, very focused on serving myself and building myself up. Or what's another experience, uh, example of me uh, lusting with my eyes? Uh, or I was very diligent about uh, wearing clothes that showed off my physique in a certain way. I'm very focused on that too, uh, which I also think correlates with pride in the eyes. Uh, so I think we should meditate on how those things have been destructive to us. That was my point. Another action item I think we should take is to seek ways to kill or, de- or deny our flesh in context with these temptations. So I think as Christians, if we feel like we're in bondage with one of these uh, lusts, whether it's like uh, sexual sin or pornography or um, being overly materialistic or taking too much pride in something, I think we should um, seek ways to deny ourselves intentionally to help fight that. So we rely more on the Lord instead of ourselves um, and we can help uh, run away from those sins. Another action item that kind of correlates with that is to make game plans or reminders uh, for us to come to the Lord when we're faced with these temptations. If these are temptations, um, whether they're general or very specific to us. These are temptations we face often. And there's the idea of when desire, temptation, and opportunity mix, like they're super dangerous. I think that goes around a lot. If we're in those if we're in those positions where desire, temptation, and opportunity are there a lot of times, I think making game plans or um, specific reminders for ourselves in those situations to help steer us back on the course that the Lord has for us is very helpful. Um, like if any of you guys are in a relationship with a girl, um, even if it's a Christian one, like you both are Christians, uh, not married yet, and you find yourselves with the desire, temptation, and opportunity uh, to be sexually immoral before marriage, then I would say go ahead and design a game plan. Say, nope, I know that this is a temptation I struggle with, and make something to deter you, to deter to deter you off that path. 
to steer you away from that path. Or if it's uh, pride, let's say you know that, uh, or that uh, uh, this, let's say, uh, I'm going to go to eyes next. Let's say you really like going to the beach. You like to go surfing. But you know that when you go to the beach, you really struggle with um, looking at um, people with lust, lust in your eyes, looking at um, people in inappropriate ways because they're scandalously dressed at the at the beach. Or even if they're not like scandalous, they're still showing a lot more than would be normal in a normal situation. So let's say you struggle with that, then make a game plan to help fight that. Um, or if it's pride, let's say you take a lot of pride in. I don't know, a skill you have, like scening. I think we could take, say, okay, I really take pride in my scening. So how can I find ways to use that skill for the Lord and humble, humble, humbly to avoid situations where you're just scening to uh, draw attention to yourself or to um, feel proudful of yourself, I guess. Another action item is to ask the Lord in prayer and by seeking truth in his word. To show us how to be holy like Jesus Christ is. And to help us live that way as servants of Christ. So it's just merely coming to the Lord in prayer. Humbling ourselves and saying, Lord, I don't know how to do this. I need you to help me. I need you to teach me in your word. Uh, so that we may be holy like he is. I also think we should meditate on how, uh, how different ourselves and our situation would be. If we lived without giving into these temptations, I think we should sit down and think, if I didn't give into these temptations, and if I was truly living holy, how different would my life be? Where would I be at right now? And this is all kind of hypothetical things, but I I think it can help us see how these things can hold us back from what God has for us. This is kind of like extra credit bonus points, I guess, um, is if you have the chance or the opportunity, screw tape letters. That's what it's called. The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis is a really good book because it shows kind of it. It helps show how these temptations can impact our lives and our mindset and our hearts um, in subtle ways. I think sometimes we think of these temptations and we imagine them in our head as really big temptations. But I also think these temptations, these lusts, can affect us in really subtle ways, really quiet ways, and very. Um, slide destructive ways and the screw tape letters kind of help show that in action by putting us in the shoes of uh, the devil or demons or uh, adversary um, i think it's very lightning so um, yeah i guess extra credit bonus points for that <laughs> um, with that i don't think i have too much more else to talk about i'm wrapping up a little bit early today but that's okay um I'm going to go ahead and pray this out and uh, wrap things up. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word, um, for allowing us opportunity to uh, the truth, the way, life, Lord, um, given to us through your son, Jesus Christ. Um, thank you, Lord, for teaching us how to live. Thank you for um, giving us all of these things, Lord. Thank you for not um, making us figure out how to live by ourselves, but instead uh, you've given us words, you've given us commands, Lord, and thank you for giving those to us so that uh, we can have clarity about how you want us to live, Lord, and I thank you so much for that. Um, I repent, Lord, and I can, and, I, and I, I acknowledge, Lord, that all of us are weak in our flesh, that we are 
tempted and that we, uh, even if we don't admit it, like the lust of the flesh, Lord, that we like temptations. Um, help us steer us away from it, Lord. Help us to, uh, to burn for passion more for you than for our body or our eyes or our pride, Lord. Help us um, to be anointed in your all-consuming fire. Um, tear down the strongholds in our heart, Lord, um, so that you may fill our hearts and not um, other loves, Lord, but our first love, which is you, Lord. Please sanctify us in our character and our spirit, Lord, but also sanctify us um, from this world. Help us to be set apart um, from the world so that the world may see your work in us, so that the world may see your influence in us, um, to bring you glory and to testify to your gospel, Lord. And I pray that you would stir up the workers in the field and to help us be more bold and steadfast and courageous in sharing your gospel with other people and put a burden of lost souls on us, Lord. Remind us, Lord, of every person we walk by that's not in you, that they're headed to to hell, to burn in hell for eternity. Um, And if we truly love those, if we truly want another, like you command us to do, Lord, that we should seek to help these people. Uh, And thank you, Lord, for out of your grace and mercy for helping us. Um, for, as sinners, Lord, we don't deserve the amazing treasure you've given us. Um, but it pleased you to do it this way, to save us and to choose us, Lord. Um, and we thank you so very much. Uh, thank you for making this time fruitful, Lord. I pray that you would encourage uh, myself and everyone listening, and that you would help uh, that you would help us, Lord. For we need you, for we are weak, uh, but you are strong, Lord. Thank you for your love, joy, and peace, and mercy. I love you, Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you. I thank you, Father. Um, I repent of my laziness, my my weakness, uh, my lust, my uh, my doubts, my anxiety. Lord, I repent of these things. I repent of my uh, poor stewardship, uh, wasting time, Lord, of being distracted. And help me, Lord, to focus on you and and, and the gospel and the kingdom, Lord. Help me to uh, treat this life, to treat this world. Um, with an eternal perspective that you have given us, Lord, uh, just like Peter talks about, that everything in this will perish, but your word and you, Lord, will not perish. Help us to be in you so that we, will, we won't perish either, Lord. Um, I pray all of this in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. But thank you guys for listening. I hope it's been helpful for you guys. Uh, I really do thank you for um, spending this time with me, uh, listening. Uh, and I know for myself, the series has helped me a lot, and I hope it's helping you guys too. I will be back soon for day four of the series. Um, I also released an episode just right before this talking about, um, I'm calling it Life Convictions. I, I want to do a little bit of a side series, um, and I'm going to put them in Spotify as like bonus episodes. Um, but basically, I'm doing the side series talking about my own personal individual convictions that the Lord has been giving me. Um, just to be transparent with you guys, uh, to repent of the sin in my life so that we can encourage each other, so that we can be sharpening each other, each other's iron sharpened iron. Um, it's just to help you guys know who I am and how imperfect I am um, to help encourage you guys to share the gospel too. So appreciate your time. Uh, I love you all. God bless. And I will see you soon for day four of Warfare and Servitude. <laughs>